Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of Backstage Pass with Tony and Jason. This week we sit down with the one and only queen of Southern Gospel music, Miss Libby Perry Stuffle. So, this is a good one. You better sit back, relax, and enjoy as we go backstage with Tony and Jason. Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of Backstage Pass with Tony and Jason. This week we are sitting down with Jason, who is the queen of Southern Gospel music? The queen of Southern Gospel music who is, is, is Festel Goodman. <laughs> well, <laughs> Dottie Rambo. Okay, who is the living? Who is the current? Well, okay, I can't say that either. I was going to say who's the living. Well, my favorite is my boss lady. Right. <laughs> Which is yeah, I wonder why he would say that. The queen. Now, I ain't got a dog in this fight, but I can say that you are the queen of Southern gospel music. No, no. I, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting, hitting an ad um, about Libby Perry Stuffle. No. And so here we are. It's here not we are. just. It's not just a. Uh, a pretty face. It is uh, not just an amazing voice. It is the legend, the queen herself. She's one of the most humble people. She ain't gonna admit she, that, that that all the good things that she is. Well, but the truth be told, history will prove that yeah. people love you. Absolutely. Well, I've been around since God made you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would hope somebody liked me. You know, I mean, my word. When you're oldest Methuselah. There's some people that's been around for a long time that people don't like. Well, I can't find nobody that well, doesn't see, like you. My, my dad always taught us that if you're going to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. Yeah. yeah. And in gospel music, this is, this is, my, this is what I, I live by and go by. You create long-term relationships absolutely friendships that way you've always got friends mm -hmm. you've always got people that will you know if i pick up a phone call and say you know i need a date or whatever yeah come on you know mm -hmm. and then we get there and it's like a family reunion yeah, yeah. you know and uh, so so it's just all about Building that long, yeah, uh, longev uh, longevity of friendships, absolutely, and being nice to people. Uh, my dad always taught me that you be just as nice to the janitor as you do the pastor. Absolutely, I, I completely agree with that. And even when people have said, "Oh, you you do a podcast with Jason, or you sang with Jason, or something with Jason," he sings with the Perrys. Oh. Libby. Everybody does that. <laughs> it isn't. They really do. Everybody does that. It's they just from, don't know. From the, uh, well, we, we know some things. But they just don't know. Even even my new new boss, uh, Tim Caldwell, thinks. Oh, you know he he is like if I I have two best friends in well in my life two best friends. One of them is him, 
and the other one's Gary Castro. Yeah. 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 And, um, you know, he, he is just a really cool guy. Yeah. Really Absolutely. cool guy. Yeah, that is cool. We, uh, we have talked quite a bit about you. Um, when, I, when I've been out, I've only sang five different shows with the, the Justified Quartet. And all five times, something ends up coming back to Libby. Oh. We got to talk about Libby. Oh, I love those so, guys. They're yeah, just, they love you, and they're tremendous. And to me, um, now I've not heard you with them, but well, I got it right here on my phone. From, <laughs> of course you do. But from the time that I started listening to them. I'd put them up beside of anybody in gospel yeah. music. And the, anybody. They're good people, too. They're, they are. They're just good they people. They are. Mark Jacoby is the funniest little person yeah. <laughs> that you've ever seen. I mean, just... And they're just really great singers. They're great, humble guys. And, yeah. you know, you just can't beat them. We wear this out on the podcast. I, my wife's favorite baritone, no offense to Jason, mm. my wife's favorite mm-hmm. is, is Mark Jacoby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She says he's man. He's got such it's, <laughs> he's it's a round yeah. voice and it's beautiful and it's just yep. neat. and he doesn't believe it that uh, he that he's got he a good adds voice. that bottom end that fullness yes to them and which I mean Tim's not a no slouch by mm-hmm. any means mm-hmm. on bass and um, yep. you know so it's just it's an incredible group. Yeah. Enough about Justified. Back to you. Uh, we're we're excited to be able to sit down with you and and chat for a minute. I I can't believe this, but I understand that the Perrys have been in existence singing for over fifty years. Fifty three years this past Christmas. You're not even fifty. How's that? Even, I how's guess that I possible? am. <laughs> I, turned, I, there, I turned sixty in November. I'm taking notes. So yeah, I started when I was seven. Wow. And, Seven years old. Um, you know, and, and I look back now and I'm like, gosh, 53 years, that's a long time. It's a quite a long time. And I'm like, we have, we, we have just been through so much and had so much to happen. Um, I, I look back now and I'm like, how did we survive? Yeah. And it's only by God's grace the and only its mercy. Reason is God. You know, and um, because if it was up to me, if if it was on my strength, I'd be balled up in a padded room somewhere mm-hmm. in a straitjacket. In a corner. In a corner. Yes. And <laughs> just in another world. Absolutely. But when God says that his grace is sufficient for every need and every trial, every situation that you will ever go through, you can bank on it. Yeah. Sometimes he's solid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, you know, the old saying is, teacher's always solid while he's given the test. That's right. So, you know, I've just learned when he gets solid to just keep my mouth shut and listen. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. sometimes... He don't always come in a thunderous way. It's all sometimes it's that small, still yeah. voice that says, "If you'll shut up <laughs> and let me work, mm-hmm. we'll get through this." Yes. You know, and Just hang on. so hang on. I, I love it. Yeah. I now I, looking back on a lot of the greats, it seems like 
they got great because they went through tragedy. Yes. Like you have, uh, you have Johnny Cash lost a brother, had a had an abusive father. Um, you have uh, Ray Charles also lost a brother mm -hmm. when he was young and lost his eyesight yeah. and, and overcame all these obstacles. You're no different. I hear the story of how the Perrys got started most every night. Um, would you tell a little bit about how the Perrys got started and what well, you had to overcome? I come from we li we live down in the hills of the North Georgia mountains and um, the woods was our playground. I come from a family of three boys, three girls. My dad was a const road construction foreman. He would work two weeks away from home, come home for a couple of days and then go back. I mean he had to because he had six kids, you yeah. know. And my mom worked at the school lunchroom mm. and just common ordinary everyday people you know um i had my oldest brother johnny reached the age of 13. he loved the woods he loved being in the woods he was a boy scout and um july 30th 1970 um he took his bb gun and went a little bit behind the house there's a little creek and um, on up the way is a logging road and um he went to shoot crawdads in the creek <laughs> and while he was in the woods uh, a guy 18 years old came along his way and uh, there was a, on that logging road was an old trash dump and um, he had set up targets in that trash dump and was shooting them and somebody had thrown out one of the old refrigerators mm -hmm. which is 1970 mm -hmm. and um, the kind that had the wraparound latch and handle yeah I think they're called Frigidaires yeah and um, he put my brother in that refrigerator and it was laying down uh, flat and my brother being a Boy Scout um, had his pocket knife in his pocket and you probably haven't heard this one. I haven't heard this and, one. And um, he had, there's a compressor plate in the back of the, uh, those refrigerators. He got three screws out and had the fourth one like a quarter of a turn. And he would have had it out. He could have got enough air mm. that he could have survived. Mm. But he didn't. And uh, the guy oh, walked wow. off. Wow. And so, um, wow. my mom, you know, we were at home. Dad was in Charleston, South Carolina working. And you didn't have cell phones right. back then. And so, we started looking for him. You know, mom's like, go down there at the creek. Tell him to get up here. He's got to cut the grass. And um, went down there. No sign of him. Hmm. So, about... 12, 13 hours later, we had probably two or 300 people mm. out looking. Yeah. And it was a little after midnight, and um, my, grand, my granddad found him. And he saw the BB gun across the little dirt road from the, the refrigerator. It was leaned up against an old metal chair somebody had thrown out. And he said, stop. He's around here somewhere. That's his BB gun. And um, 
So he walked over to the refrigerator and opened the the lid. Mm. There he was. He didn't realize that that he was gone. Mm. And so he kept, you know, tugging at him. Come on, son, get out of there. We've been looking for you. And the men that were with him looked at him and said, um, he's not alive. Mm-hmm. So they came back and I was sitting beside of my mom outside on a little embankment and um, they pulled up with him in the pickup. Wow. And uh, one of the guys came and said, well, we found him. He's dead. Wow. My mom totally lost it. I mean, totally lost it. And uh, so she got a hold of my dad, and uh, she said they found him. He was in a refrigerator. And, you know, which at that time, we didn't have no idea of what was going on. And so my dad drove six and a half, eight hours home, pulled up in the yard, Ran out of gas. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, your side like, when that yes. it was just like wow. God took care of him. Mm. And um, so anyway, in the process, they found out about this guy. And uh, so that Christmas day, following that July, we got up on Christmas morning, went in the living room. Uh, Mom and Dad was on the couch, just drowning in their sorrow. Johnny was the life of the family. I mean, he always was jokester, playing tricks, all this stuff. And that was gone. Yeah. Wow. So all of us kids got on the couch with Mom and Dad, and we were just all just weeping, crying. And, or as they say in the mountains, we were squalling. Yeah. <laughs> and my uncle next door came by to check on us and seen the condition we were in, got on the phone, called people from our church and our community. Less than an hour, our house was completely filled with people on wow. Christmas Day that laid down gift-giving, time with their family to do what the Bible says, bury one another's burdens. Yeah. And before the end of the day, we had an old piano in the house that we were trying to learn to play piano on, and they gathered around that piano and started singing and so as kids you know we were running through the house playing and stuff so we were running through the living room and they were like hey y'all kids come over here and let's see if y'all can sing well my dad was a big inspiration fanatic okay and we had been to a couple of their concerts and back then they had sheet music Mm -hmm. so he had bought sheet music to uh jesus is coming soon yeah first song we ever sang Fantastic. And so that night, we had service at our church, and um, they got us kids up, and we sang that song. And from there, we ventured out 50 to 100 miles. And then 12 years later went by, and my youngest brother, George, reached the age of 13, had just got out of school for the summer, and him and his best little friend was going to go fishing pond right next to the house and uh, they didn't catch anything so they decided they was going to go and swim in. and he drowned in less than four feet of water mm. so we felt like after that God was calling
calling us to to go out into the world and tell people that it doesn't matter what you're facing. Right. Doesn't matter what you're going through. God's grace is sufficient. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And He promised us that He would be a present help in a time of need. That's right. And but sometimes we don't want to take those scriptures. We don't want to take them and apply them. We want we want to try to to fix things and get through things on our own. Right. Then when we realize, you know what, I can't do this. You can't do it on your own. No. Then we say, okay, God, you're going to have to help me. Yeah. So that happened, and we started full-time in 1983. Tracy came with a group in 86, and um, a year and a half later, we were married. And we had two children that we lost, and uh, then we had Jared. And then um, in 2000, my mom had a massive stroke and um, totally paralyzed her on the left side. So my dad practically just gave up everything. His business just, I mean, he just about lost everything trying to take care of her. And um, three years later, he had eight strokes in eight weeks and passed away. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Goodness. Yeah. And then um, my mom passed away December 18, 2020, during the COVID. Yeah. She uh, got COVID passed away but she had some other underlying issues yeah and then tracy january 2013 had a massive stroke and was in icu for 93 days uh some sort of hospital rehab facility for nine months never came home and i never came home yeah i stayed with him yeah every day day in day out and I was telling the guys uh, last weekend, we had several dates that the promoters or the pastor would call the booking agent and say, if she's not here, we're canceling the date. And I'm like, I told the agency, I said, you know what, you're going to have to cancel them <laughs> because I am where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, because Tracy's condition was so severe that two minutes could everything could change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, major. Yeah. So, um so I was his twenty four seven caregiver for five years. Yeah. And we took the real lounge out in the bus, put a hospital bed and uh, I slept on the floor beside of him on a little Matt thing and uh, did that for five years <laughs> and because, because with him you know I would have to check on him like about every hour every hour and a half make sure he's breathing and you know everything was okay and um, 
So, January 29, 2018, he had a massive seizure and seized for over an hour and 15 minutes. When you seize for 15 minutes, you start getting brain damage. So he never regained consciousness. And uh, that was on a Monday. On Thursday, they came in. They had him hooked up to all of the the brain stuff. And the neurologist came in and said, if he don't wake up in the next 24 hours, he's not going to. And said, you're going to have to make the decision to take him off the ventilator Hmm. and trach him or take him off the vent and let time take it. Bless. Of course. And so, you know, I asked the neurologist, I said, well, what's his prognosis if we put a trach in? And he said, just what you see. And Tracy and I had already talked in November before that, before he had that seizure. He had a major lung surgery. And um, he said the next thing that happens, he said, just let me go home. Wow. He said, I'm tired of being sick, tired of living in the hospital, more in the hospital than I am at home. And he said, just let me go home. Mm. And um, so on Saturday, they come in and they said, we need a decision today. Wow. And I was like, I thought you said I had two or three days. And they're like, no, it's a we, we we need to know today. Yeah. So I had to make the decision to take him off the vent that day. And about 13 hours later, he uh, I had him up in my arms, and um, I had I had just been crying and and praying. And I'm like, God, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. And I, you know, could. For 30 years. Yeah. We have been married 30 years. And uh, day in, day out, 24-7, mm-hmm. you know, we were always together. We were together in the singing. And, you know, so I was like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. Well, when he drew his last breath, it was like the Spirit spoke to me and said, he is totally and wonderfully healed. Yeah. Amen. I ain't never shouted for my life. <laughs> and I shouted that night in that ICU room to know the fact, even though my heart was breaking, yeah. that his body wasn't <laughs> crippled up. Yeah. You know, he wasn't struggling to breathe. He wasn't, you know, he was totally and wonderfully healed the minute that he drew that last yes, breath. That's right. Wow. What and an encouragement. In the arms of the Savior. Yes. In the arms of the one that died for him. Yep. And, you know, it's like, um, that's what we sing about. That's yeah. what we, you know, that's what we live for. That's right. And, um, you know, it's been hard. It's been tough. <laughs> but, um, God's been faithful. Yeah. 
yeah. every step of the way, and He's provided every step of the way. That's um, that's one of the things that I remember. You and I, the first chat, real chat that we had. Um, one of my favorite songs, and this is not a cheap plug, believe it or not. <laughs> one of my favorite songs that you've ever done is "God Walks the Dark Hills," and there's never more true statement than any of that. Oh, you have no. walked some really dark hills. You've had some and some mountains and valleys, yep. and 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 walking through lots of just mess. Oh yeah. The dark hills, the ways, the highways. He walks on the fields, or through glimmering lights. Helps me walk the cold. step of the way you've said that financially um, there are people that are just coming out of the woodwork when in your darkest hour God said don't you worry about this I'll take care of this Mm. and you got story after story on that you know with with how God provided yeah for everything I mean I'm talking everything and uh, it goes. It all goes back to Proverbs three, five, and six. You know, trust, trust in, the in the Lord with all of thine mm-hmm. heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but in yeah. all thy ways acknowledge Him. He don't want us to lean on our own understanding. Yeah. We'd mess it up <laughs> and every time. There's a reason for it because if trust. we didn't have to trust God, we would never know what faith was. Yes, that's right. No. We would never know what He could do. Absolutely. That's right. that's you know, and He says in His Word, with me, to men, it or man, it may be seem impossible, but with me, nothing is impossible. Right. To us, a problem may seem so huge. But to God, he looks at it like, I could fix that. Yeah, no big deal. You know, 
just trust me and 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 it's all it's all in the trust and and there were several times i finally i just got to where one of the worst times uh tracy had had a couple of bad seizures and um it stopped his heart they were able to get him back normally they would let me in the er with him mm-hmm. and stay with him because at the time he could he wasn't talking he hadn't spoke a word in seven months and the doctor came out in the waiting room and he said i need to see you and he took me to a little room and i thought oh gosh he's just fixing to tell me the worst and he said your husband's a very sick man and he said the next 48 hours is very crucial wow and I stood there and he walked out and I walked to the corner of the room and I stood there and I started praying I said you know what God I don't know where you're going with this I don't know what the outcome's going to be I don't know what you're doing but I'm just going to tell you I'm going to trust you regardless Amen. <laughs> two days later he started talking wow wow <laughs> And things started progressing, you know, getting better and and everything like that. Even though he was confined to a wheelchair, he could do nothing for himself. Um, you know, a lot of women will come up to me and they're like, "How did you do that?" They're just, I would have put my husband in a nursing home. I just, and you know, some people have to, but I'm just made out of the mold that my dad was made out of Mm -hmm. and that is that you don't give up yeah and you do the best you can with what the hand that life deals you absolutely and so tracy one of the first questions he asked he said will i ever be able to sing again and i said well if that's what you feel like god wants you to keep doing if i have to carry you on my back Mm -hmm. i'll do it and so for the next five years after that, I mean, we had some really tough times. The guides would carry him on and off the bus in his wheelchair. Mm-hmm. They would help me get him dressed, help me put him to bed. You know, um, it was just a, um, I owe a lot to Troy Peach and Andrew Goldman mm-hmm. because had it not been for them, Tracy would have never been able to have been back on the road. Right. Mm-hmm. But they willingly, and because they wanted to, and they loved him, picked that chair up. Yeah. And he, I mean, he was, you know, I mean, you're talking dead weight. Yeah. Yeah. And carry him up the steps on the bus, carry him up the steps on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Wow. But when, every time they would do something for him, like Andrew would help put his shoes on him, and um, he would be down on the floor putting the shoes on him. Tracy would take his hand that wasn't paralyzed, but it was drawn up, and he would rub the top of Andrew's head, and he'd say, thank you for being my friend. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yes. You know? wow. And so we've been through a lot, but <clears throat> for everything that we've been through, God has been faithful. Are you weary from the battle you're fighting? Does it seem like 
the storm just won't break is there a mountain in front of you that doubt says will never move and you wonder will god make a way well tell me a time he's not been faithful tell me a morning his mercies weren't We've had a lot of proving mm-hmm. to do, you know, with <laughs> industry people and sure. uh, promoters and pastors and churches and stuff. You know, they're like, well, you know, Tracy's not there. It's not the same. And no, it's not the same. Mm-mm. But I still have a calling on my life. That's right. That's right. And so I have to continue to do what God has called me to do. And uh, has it been hard? Yes, it's been hard. But Romans 8.18, my favorite scripture, says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. That's right. You know what? We may go through hard times. We may go through trials and troubles and struggles and tragedy and stuff. But none of that's going to matter. Right, right. When we walk through the gates of that city. <laughs> That's right. And yeah. he says, well done, good. thy That's good right. and faithful servant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, I know you're getting ready to, to get ready to sing tonight, but what an honor it's been to sit in your presence and just listen to you talk. and and. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I before Tracy got sick, um, I was never a person that prayed out loud. Mm-hmm. I would pray. I would pray every day, yeah. but I wouldn't pray out loud. Um, I didn't talk a lot because he done all the talking. And um, God has shown me through everything that we went through. Some at the beginning, I would get so mad when we would have to go to the hospital. He would get sick and would have to go to the hospital. And I'd be like, Lord, why? I mean, why all of this? Well, then I began to realize God had us there for a purpose. There was either doctors or nurses that needed to hear our story. There was one particular time when Tracy had the the major lung surgery. And uh, they told us at a certain time they was going to come get him. Uh, prep him, get him ready to go, and all this. Well, they came two hours early. So the nurse come in and said, like, Miss Stuffle, they're on the way to get him. And and I was having to take everything out of the room, mm. go to the waiting room, and because he was going to have to go to ICU after that surgery. So I was grabbing everything up and stuff, <laughs> and we were, you know, I was telling him uh, that I'd see him when he came out and prayed with him and all this stuff. 
Well, I walked down to the waiting room, and I walked in, and it was like six in the morning, and there was a family that were, they had every recliner in the waiting room. And so I was like, well, I guess I'll sit up in this chair up here and, and just kind of close my eyes a little bit. And um, all at once, I heard code blue. And it was four room in the ICU. And then some doctors came out and went to that family. And they had lost their mom. She mm. was 54 years old. Bless wow. God spoke to me and said, I want you to go pray with them. And I was like, not me, Lord. Not, no. <laughs> I, no. That is so out of my box. Right. No. And he said, I said, go pray with them. So I walked over, and I said, I don't mean to intrude. I heard what happened and stuff. I said, my husband's in surgery. I said, but um, can I pray with y'all? And the lady's husband spoke up and said, absolutely not. Wow. And I was like, okay, God. I know I heard you. And I said, okay. I said, well, I'm going to go back over here and sit down. And I said, I'll be over here and I'll pray for y'all over here. I said, but I said, I just want to let you know that, you know, I'm here if, if you need somebody to pray with you. And so I went back, sat down. I was so defeated. I was like, hmm. oh, God, did I miss you? And all at once, one of the daughters came over, and she said, please excuse my dad. She said, he tried to bargain with God and tell God that if he would let my mom live, that he would get back in church, and he would do what, you know, he's supposed to do. And he's having a hard time with that because God didn't allow that to happen. And I said, well, I didn't mean to intrude. I said, but God spoke to me. And and, uh, she said, well, she said, please don't take it as God didn't tell you that. And I said, well, that's okay. You know, I said, I can pray for you over here. And uh, so she walked off. And they were, you could tell they were rough people. Because some of the family members were using God's name in vain and just oh absolutely just you know and I was like mm. all at once the dad come over there mm. and he said give me five minutes and he said I want you to come over here and and you can pray with us and I said <laughs> okay so I was like okay God that's, you're, you're proving to me that I didn't act upon myself <laughs> right so I walked over when they motioned for me to come over, and two or three of the guys were cussing and just, you know, going on. We don't want nothing to do with God. We don't, you know, he didn't hear us, blah, blah, blah. And um, I looked at them, and I said, but sometimes God allows things to happen 
to get our attention. Yeah. And I said, I don't know what y'all are going through. I said, but all I'm supposed to do is pray pray for you. And so I said, so if y'all will all come together, we'll hold hands, pray, I'll be out of your way. And uh, so I, I stood there and I prayed for them. And uh, went back, sat down. And about 30 minutes, the dad come over there and he said, you know, he said, I tried to bargain with God. And he said, maybe you can't bargain with God. And I said, nope. I said, because he has a will, he has a plan, and it's perfect. May not always be what we want. Mm, yeah. It yeah. may not be how we want it to turn out. Right. Sure. But it's going to be perfect. That's right. And he's going to help us get through it. Mm. And he said, well, he said, I just want you to know, he said, come Sunday, he said, I'm going to be at church. <laughs> and he said, I'm going to be there with my family. <laughs> And he said, thank you for what you did. He said, because he said, God used you. That's right. Obedience. And I stood there and I was like, okay, God, that's why you, yeah. that's why you had us here. You know, you had a purpose yeah. in having us here today and for Tracy's surgery to be two hours earlier. And, you know, they told, they told me before he went to surgery, he, 99% chance he wouldn't make it off the the operating table. If he did, he would be on a ventilator in ICU for months. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the ventilator one night. They came came in at seven o'clock the next morning and said, "We're taking him off off the ventilator." And if he does well with that tonight, he'll be in a regular room. And he was. Wow. All, all because of being obedient to what God obedient has, has and, asked you, you to know, do. And so sometimes you have to look at your situation and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do in this? Yeah. Who do you want me to talk to? Who do you want me to witness to, uh, tell our story to? You know. So it's not every time that you go through a situation like that that God may have somebody there for you to talk to that would never darken the doors of church yeah and this was in a hospital this we're not we're not talking about no in a yeah a singing service or mm-hmm. <laughs> or something no. that would be even be no, associated a, like that a waiting room and yeah. you know but god knew exactly what needed that that family needed yeah and he used Libby. Yep. and you know i don't know if if the man lived up to what he said or if he didn't you know but I did what God wanted me to do. Right. And when I told Tracy, when uh, he woke up, uh, telling him about it, and he said, well, that's why I'm here then. Yeah. Mm. And I said, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, this whole entire interview, I've seen how it's almost like God uses tragedy. To, oh, yeah. To see, I mean, God has used tragedy over and over and over and over. Yeah. For the furthering of his kingdom, if if the Perrys had not lost two brothers, um, as well as two children, Libby has lost two children. Mm-hmm. How many hundreds of people would have never got to hear the ministry? Well, and people will listen 
if you take a drug addict that gets saved and they recover and you put them in front of a bunch of teenagers and then you take a person that's not a drug addict and put them in front of the same teenagers and the one that's not been a drug addict tries to tell them don't do drugs, don't do this, don't do that. Then you take the drug addict yeah and he tells them his story where he's been where it took him yeah yeah who do you think they're going to listen to exactly you've been in the valley how could you possibly understand what i'm going yes. through exactly. unless you've been in the valley exactly exactly so you know people will listen yeah. when they know because a lot of times singers has a misconception people have a misconception of singers they think that just because we get on stage and we sing and you know we have we have fun and stuff but yet we get serious with it and stuff they think our life is easy right we don't have no hardship we don't have no problems we don't have no issues we don't have you know a time in our life that you know the money's not there to make the power bill mm-hmm. you know but when you walk that road yeah. and they know, they hear your story, they're going to say, you know what? She knows they can make it through that, then surely I can. That's Absolutely. Right. That's right. Wow. So, 100%. you know, you just have, to, just have to be obedient, have to listen, and, you know, let God do his thing. And, Love it. Um, the weeping may endure for a night. Joy's going to come in the morning. In the morning. <laughs> it's not going to rain always. No. Sun's going to shine again. Yeah. And it's going to come out. And, you know, we we have to have, just like flower, just like grass, trees, it's got to have the rain. Yes, it does. See, we're, we're back full circle. Didn't I say... That she's just the queen, isn't she? <laughs> no. This is this is why. No. There's I'm not just I'm just a servant. That and I appreciate is that. I appreciate that. Willing to be or try to be obedient to sharing the gospel in song, and I know that's a whole other ball game with some people. You know, they don't believe God's called people to sing. Well. You know, read the story of Jehoshaphat. They sent the singers out first before the battle. Right. And, you know, so God does give us a calling. One thing you will find out about Libby is that she's like a mirror, in my opinion. She's a mirror that she angles it a certain way where when you're looking at her, you're seeing the Father. That's the way it should be. And that's what No, it's all about him. It's not about me. Exactly. And, And this is why people are attracted to her. And people like, and they they constantly say wonderful things about her, is because they see a reflection Absolutely. Of, of, of God. Yeah. I can be mean. <laughs> she can. Well, that's what I heard, but I didn't she want to can. say anything. I can be mean. We'll, we'll do uh, we'll do Libby part two, and we'll, we'll get into all how we'll mean get the you bat, can be. We'll get the mean we'll side. Jared. Yeah. Right, we'll get Jared in here next time. Yeah. We'll hear Libby. Oh how, no! How, don't how do mean that. She is. Listen, I I know you got to get ready to sing tonight, and I'm just so grateful that I know you, first of all, 
and second of all that you'd take just a few minutes out to talk to us and and uh, I'm blessed just to just to know you and to hear what hear your words and and I'm encouraged by them and that's that that's what the ticket is here yeah well anything to uplift God and further the kingdom and encourage people you know I mean there's I tell the guys all the time in every seat there's a hurting person that's right absolutely whether they think their need is little or what they think it's big God it's all, it's all the same yeah. um, but we have to be the the encouragers yes yes we do people come I, my dad never would go to church but he'd go to a concert yeah you know and that's what instilled in him the love for singing and and then when he did go to church he was 29 years old when he got saved he got radically saved and uh, but I think the singing planted the seed yeah and it can absolutely it can we well, gotta have the word but I think it takes it all we all yes it takes every single one of us yeah doing our part absolutely what God's called us there to do there were singers in the Bible that was called so I mean God used both for sure yep. absolutely thank you so much for sitting down with you're us welcome. today you're we welcome my honor it, the honor is absolutely ours so thank yep. you all we can say is wow what a great opportunity to sit down with a wonderful woman of God and Libby Perry Stuffle. Folks, let us know what you thought of this episode. You can let us know on Facebook or you can send us an email at letsgobackstage at gmail.com. Until next time, as we go backstage with Tony and Jason. <laughs>